0: To the show, I'm your host Cozy, but you already knew that because this is, I think, our first fourth. I can't talk this morning. Uh, It's an episode of Cozy Bear Farms podcast. Uh, Yeah, it's one of those mornings, man. Uh, I just came back from the gym, so I'm a little bit, little bit lightheaded. I'm fine. Excuse my wrinkly uh, sweater. I think, no, this is not a sweater. What you call a hoodie? Zipper hoodie. It's one of those morning guys. This came back from the gym. Good gym session. I saw one of my um, buddies down there, and he was in one of those weird tank tops where like it's just a string or whatever, and it's just barely covering his nipples. And he was asking me, hey, man, you getting ready for hot boy summer? And I was like... I stopped for a second, and I was like, hot boy summer? I thought it was called hot girl summer. And he was like, nah, it's our time, man. It's going to be a hot boy summer. And I told him I ain't getting ready for no hot boy summer. I'm getting ready for a farm boy summer. I'm taking it there. We getting getting farm boys on the map, dude. Go out there and wear your um, khaki. Get my legs up. Woo. Go out there and wear your khaki shorts and your boots and do whatever you want to. Do whatever you want to do, farm boys. It's our time. This is our summer. Farm boy summer. I'm calling it now. Farm boy summer. Khaki shorts, khaki pants, weird steel toe boots, and ankle-high socks, and either you wearing a tank top or a shirt from Goodwill. Farm boy summer. I'm proclaiming it now. Farm boy summer. But let's get into the actual show. Forget all that stuff for right now. Let's get into the actual show. So today's show, I promise is going to be a little bit shorter. It's going to be a little bit shorter. I know the last couple of episodes have been kind of long, but uh, this one is for you animal lovers out there. I know I had a lot of people who usually ask me, hey, I don't really want to do vegetables. I like animals a lot more, so what should I do animal-wise? And so I'm going to give my opinion on if you are just starting off and you want to do animals, like real small scale like you might just have an acre to yourself or half of an acre and you just want to do animals I'm going to give my suggestions I'm going to give 3 animals that I would that I would raise if I had an acre or half an acre and I'm going to give my reasons why But you guys do not have to choose these animals. You can grow whatever you want. If you want to grow zebras in your backyard, grow zebras. I don't know if that's allowed in America. But do whatever you want to do. Um, But I'm just going to answer the question, what animal should I start off with if I'm going super, super small scale and I'm just starting off? Like, not a lot of experience, but I want to do it. So what should I do to start off with? So the first animal that I would suggest... It's probably going to be the animal that everybody's thinking of. It's going to be chickens. Chickens is probably the easiest thing I would say to start off with. They're super easy to raise. They're not that much high maintenance. I mean, I don't like chickens like that. I, I raised some chickens before. They were some assholes. I really don't like chickens like that. Um, I do know I was working at one place and... They were trying to raise chickens, and they put a rooster in there. Now, one thing I know for sure is you should not have a rooster in the pen with your chickens if you're trying to get eggs from them because those eggs are usually fertile. So if you're going to do chickens, you got two options. Either you're doing chickens for the eggs, or you're doing chickens for the meat. If you're doing chickens for the meat, Throw a rooster in there so it can protect the chickens from other stuff. But if you're doing it for the eggs, you can't have any males in there. You can't have any males in there. Don't do it. Zoka, so, you wanna, you do not want to sell fertile eggs at a farmer's market and then somebody crack open an egg and there's a little embryo in there. That's disgusting. So I would say chickens is the easiest thing. You can grow 20 chickens in a small hen house If you're on an acre, you can definitely grow a ton of chickens and you can rotate them out very easily too. And by rotating them out, I mean chickens are not going to lay eggs consistently forever. So that's why you'll see a lot of chicken farmers have like, I'm going to say a group A of chickens. Then maybe three years later, You'll start seeing group B of chickens going out there, then group C, and then group A when they start getting to the back end and they're not really laying eggs consistently anymore, then you will say, hey, let's take these chickens. I know a lot of people don't want to do this, but let's take these chickens, let's kill them, and let's sell them for meat. So now you have two things in one. You have the eggs and you have meat. And also, if you are a vegetable farmer and you want to raise chickens on the side for eggs, chickens are really good for tilling out plots too. So if you go out and buy an electric fence and say you have an area that you want to till out, but you don't want to use machinery or you don't want to use a salad tarp, you can um, get an electric fence and put it around the whole border of the plot that you want to clear out and then... Put your chickens in there and your chickens will till the whole entire land. They will pick out all the grass bare. Now, the only thing is once they do that, you need to wait basically three months before you can plant in there because there's some USDA rules saying that you can't like sell food that's being grown and like kind of chicken poop like that. And you do not want to have all those extra troubles now, if you want to grow it and sell it to your friends and people want to buy from you and they just don't care, you could do that too. But I just know if you go to a farmer's market or if you're a certified nationally grown or if you're USDA approved, USDA approved and certified nationally grown to some farmer's markets are going to say, hey, you can't sell your produce here because you're growing in plots that have chicken feces in it. So... But that's one thing you can do if you want to be super organic or if you're just a homesteader and you just want to clear out some area for the next thing and you really just don't care about um, growing food or selling food like that. Get some chickens to do that. Also, there is a cool thing too of waking up and you have fresh eggs every morning. There's a cool process with that too. Now, a lot of people are probably going to say, hey, where should I get the chickens? There's tons of websites that sell chickens, and they ship the chickens out, and you can pick them up from the post office. It's very weird, but you can do it. Or you can go to a local chicken farm and say, hey, I want to buy some chickens, and usually the chicken farmers will sell you some chickens. Um, Another thing you could do, too, is if you want to raise the chickens from chicks, um, you could do that, too, and you can buy the chicks. I mean, tractor supply stores usually have uh, chicks in their display areas, so you can buy chicks from them. The only thing is, though, people think that like when the chicken um, finally grows up, that the chicken is going to be laying eggs consistently. Um, I talked with other chicken farmers. They say if you do that method, it's probably going to be a year before the chickens actually start laying eggs consistently every single day. So you might, in the first five months... Well, after five months, you might get the chickens laying maybe one egg every two days or maybe one egg a week. But then after that full year and it's fully mature, then it's going to be cranking out eggs every single day. And you need to make sure that you harvest the eggs. Like not harvest, but you go and collect the eggs every single day. I've heard stories about how people will leave the uh, egg and uh, um, hen in their nesting box and sometimes the chickens will actually pick at the egg and then they'll start eating the egg so when they're laying the eggs next you know they'll start eating the egg so that's something that you might not want to do also do not i know people usually give chicken scraps to chickens too not chicken scraps food scraps to chickens like their compost or whatever they ate the night before that's good for chickens they'll give them whatever that, or if they're a farmer and they have produce that they're going to compost, usually they'll throw it in the um, chicken pen or the chicken coop or whatever it's called. It's one of those morning guys. Uh, I knew somebody that would fry up eggs and then mix it in with the egg shells and throw it in the pen or the, or the chicken house. And I was like, are you really feeding your chickens eggs and she was trying to tell me how beneficial it is for the for the chickens and i was like if the chickens are hyped up on eggs aren't they just going to eat their own eggs i get you can give them their shells because apparently it has potassium or something in it and that's good for the chickens and the chickens are usually not finna pick at the shell of the egg but if you give them full-on scrambled eggs They might want to get into those eggs. And the girl was telling me, oh, no, it'll be fine. A week later, her chickens are, like, eating at the eggs. So be careful what you give your chickens. Be careful what you give your chickens. But if you was to start off with an animal, I would start off with chickens. Chickens seem the easiest. There's coops everywhere. You can do it in any size backyard. I mean, they are super profitable, too, for selling the eggs at a farmer's market or if you're selling the eggs in a CSA. Uh, if you want to do the meat, processing the chickens is very easy, too. Don't know how they'll fare off at the farmer's market, but if you want to process the chicken and then sell it to people directly, you can get away with that. Nobody's going to come at you for that. A lot of stuff that people think that they need licenses for, um, most of the time, the reason you need a license is because you're selling it at a, another market or a secondary market. If you're selling it directly to customers, most times you don't need a license or you don't have to follow some of the rules because at the end of the day, it's on the customer. The customer is taking that risk. So I will say if you're going to do the meat, make sure you process the chicken correctly, watch a lot of videos a lot of videos or go to some classes, go to some webinars, go find a local chicken farmer and learn how to correctly process chicken. If you're going to do it yourself, or you can take it to a USDA approved, basically a meat processor and they will process the meat for you. You just pay them a fee. But if you're going to do it yourself, you really, really, really need to Stay on top of it. You, you need to know how to do it. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm stressing that is you do not want to get somebody sick because you just half-assed process this meat. If you're not totally comfortable doing it, take it to somebody that knows how to do it in their professional. and just pay them a fee. But if you're going to do it, I'm begging you, please study hard on how to do it because you do not want to get people sick. That's one thing we do not want to do in the ag world is get people sick. So that's my first animal. Chickens, my second animal that I would pick that I would most likely go with is probably pigs. Now, yes, people are probably thinking, okay, so you're just going to do the pigs for meat. Some people will raise pigs and then sell the pigs off to other farmers so that the farmers can continue to grow the pigs. And then the farmer will... Grow the pig up on all the acai from Brazil and get it as big boned as possible and then take it to a meat processor. So, if you want to raise pigs, you can raise pigs to either do them for the meat yourself or you could be the person that raises the pig that sells them to the farmer and that farmer is going to then let that pig do whatever it wants to do and get it big enough so they can take it to a meat processor or they're going to sell the meat themselves. So there's two avenues with that. Uh, Most again, and some people will raise pigs and sell them as pets. Yeah. We'll sell them as pets. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't get the whole pet pig thing. Uh, That's just not me. I'm a dog guy. I rather chill with my dog. Um, then chill with a pig, but you know, people do whatever they want to do. People do whatever they want to do. So you can do pigs. Um, another reason I would do pigs too, because since I'm a farmer, pigs will till up the ground too. But again, you have to wait probably three months before you can start planting in there again. And I would definitely put a salad tarp over that plot too, just to burn off whatever, I know a lot of people be like, "Oh, animal feces is not bad." You don't know what's all up in animal feces. There's a lot. Of, animals carry a lot of different diseases, and you don't know what's gonna be up in that soil. And you don't want to grow something in that soil, and then it gets into the crops, and then the crops might die. Or you eat from the crops, and then you know, you're sick because it carried over into the crops or whatever. So I highly suggest if you do that, make sure you put a salad tarp over it to burn off whatever's in there and wait three months before you start planting in there. It'll be fine. Um, But pigs, I think pigs will be a good one. They're, They're cute. They're cute. And you can sell them for a high profit. So I think pigs will be really good and beneficial for you. And also, if you're doing that whole like tilling the area naturally with animals. Pigs and chickens are a very good combo for that. The pigs will go in there and just turn over the ground, and the chickens will actually go in there and get every single little weed seed or weed that's out there. So they're a really good like tilling combo. It's just the drawback is you have to wait. Um to grow in the soil and make sure all the bacteria and everything is gone because you don't want to deal with those extra problems. Boy, yeah, pigs and chickens is a very good combo to have together. So I necessarily want to do it because again, I, I, I raised chickens before, there are some assholes. Pigs, I really just don't want to deal with pigs like that. Like I said, I'm a I'm a vegetable guy. I love animals and just for some reason I can't do the process of raising an animal and then killing it the next day. I'll get too attached. I'll name a pig Wilbur or something and everybody will be like, man, why you name it? And it's like, damn, because now I got to kill Wilbur. I don't know. I just can't do it. I know plants are a living thing too, but it, it, I mean, I'm not really killing the plants. I'm just harvesting from the plants and they're going to grow back. So it's kind of like, that's alright. And I grow so many plants, I ain't trying to name all those plants either. I'm also not singing to the plants. No, know a lot of people be like, are you singing to your plants? I'm not singing to my plants. My plants will grow because I'm awesome. And they'll grow because they know that they're being farmed by greatness. But some people will do that. So, let's move on to my last animal. I kind of have two more animals I'm thinking of, but I guess I can say both of them is either or, but I'm either thinking rabbits or I'm thinking sheep. Now hear me out on the rabbit part. People probably looking like, why are you raising rabbits? Restaurants going to pay some money for some rabbits. Let's get that straight. Restaurants want some rabbits. There are a lot of restaurants out there that want rabbits and they make a lot of rabbit dishes. You might say, "Hey, man, I'm not trying to eat little thumper from Bambi, but just be cooking with some rabbits, and you can sell rabbits for a good, for a pretty good price because a lot of play, not not a lot of people are really raising rabbits to be eaten, but it is a profitable business. I'm trying my best not to laugh, but uh, it is a profitable business." <laughs> um you get a lot of rabbits you could buy maybe 10 rabbits and by the end of the month you would have a hundred because they just breed like crazy they just breed like crazy i remember our neighbors they had a pet rabbit and they bought a boy and a girl rabbit and then out the blue one day they just had um six extra rabbits and it was like where did these other rabbits come from and they were like they don't know so again it was like you buy a couple of rabbits, you're probably gonna get a lot more rabbits, and that's just a lot more meat to sell to. I'm trying my best not to lie. That's just a lot more meat to sell to the restaurants. And also, there's people that want rabbit fur. People want some rabbit fur out there. I know Peter's probably like, hey, 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 Peter, you gotta take a you gotta take a step back. Um but between these two, I will either do rabbits or I'll do sheep. Sheep for the wool, sell that wool, shave down that sheep, sell that wool. I mean, wool goes for a pretty high profit too. Wool is a pretty good money maker. I know some people are just all like, man, I'm not trying to sit there and shave down the whole entire sheep. Well, you don't have to do that. I gave you three other options, but a lot of people like sheep. A lot of people like to keep sheep for pets. A lot of people like to use sheep to graze their lands. So that's one thing you could do too, is have the sheep for that. But, uh, yeah, i would probably do it for the wool. Or, again, sell them for the meat. <laughs> sell them for the meat. Sell that lamb chop. <laughs> Dude, do whatever you wanna do, sell them for the meat. It, it's really hard for me to talk about meat stuff. I mainly eat meat, but I just can't get past the fact of growing an animal and then basically slaughtering it to sell it for meat. I just can't do it, that's a different type of breed of farmer, but people can do it. I can do it with fish, I don't know why I can do it with fish, but just little barnyard animals, I just can't, for some reason I just can't, but this ain't about me, this is trying to help you guys out. So I gave you four options instead of three, and hopefully that helped you guys, trying to debate what should I start off with first, and you have, so I gave you chickens, I gave you pigs, I gave you sheep, and I gave you rabbits. They're small animals. They're very low maintenance to deal with. It's not like you're dealing with a cow. And there's something that if you're just trying to start up in your backyard, you you could do that with these animals. If you have a vegetable farm and you're trying to think of what animals could I have on the side, those are some animals I would probably have on the side. Or if you're just somebody who's like, hey, I really want to try this animal thing. Um, These are for animals that you could try out if you're just trying to dabble in there with it. But if you're like full fledged trying to grow animals, I mean, you're going to be looking at the whole selling horses, not for meat, not for meat, selling show horses, horses. I can't speak this morning or you're going to be doing the cows, you're going to be doing them big boy animals, you might be raising bulls, you might be raising bison, I don't know, you're going to be, if you're full on trying to do animal production, Um, you're going to be looking at them big boy animals, you're going to be looking at them big boy animals, and I'll talk about that later in another video, but for the backyard, starting off, trying to tiptoe into this business, or just Trying to do something on the side with something else that they have. I would do chickens, pigs, rabbits, or sheep. Those are my suggestions for you small, small, basic people. For you big, big, giant, unbasic people, we will do another video for you guys. But hopefully that helped. I believe the video was a little bit shorter this time because I'd be rambling. But let's head on over to the uh, fan questions. This episode is brought to you by HeartSong Herbs. HeartSong Herbs is a farm and apothecary based in Athens, Georgia. They are proudly part of a growing movement of regenerative agricultural farming that prioritizes soil health to grow beyond organic. Founder Dana Nevins produces herbal tinctures and beauty care products with the vigor and potency of plants found as they grow in the wild right outside of her door. This high-quality herbal medicine is available in two-ounce formulas that aid in everything from immune support to anxiety relief. Find Hearts on Herbs at various Athens retailers or online at www.heartsongherbs.com. Again, that is www.heartsongherbs.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Recipe for Press. If your company wants to engage today's influencers and inspire them to write about you, then you need to read Recipe for Press athens-based communication advisor and author amy flurry helps entrepreneurs across the country demystify the process of pitching their story and creating a buzz her book recipe for press the diy pr guide to being your own publicist is truly empowered me and so many other local companies to grow their customer base by sharing their stories listeners get a 20 percent discount with the code Cozy when they order Amy's book or any of her products in Recipe for Press store found on www.amyflurry.com. Again, that is twenty percent off using the promo code Cozy for any of the products on Recipe for Press store found on www.amyflurry.com. www.amyflurry.com Okay, start off with the Cozy Bear Cozy Bear Farm podcast fan questions. The questions that everybody loves for me to answer, and they keep sending me stuff that sometimes it's hard for me to answer. Gotta stay on my toes. Again, if you want to send in your questions, email us at email us at cozy at gmail.com. You can slide into DMs on Instagram. The only time I'm ever going to let, I'm the only time I ever going to tell people to slide into my DMs at Cozy Bear Market Garden. Or every Sunday, I will post a post, post a post, post an image, post a picture of Cozy Bear Farm Podcast fan questions. And you can leave your questions and the comments below. And I'm just going to, usually I just answer the three best questions, but we're going to see how this goes. Okay, question one. Hey, Cozy, I planted radishes the other day, but I planted a whole 50-foot row of cab. Ooh. Ooh. I planted a full 50 foot row of radishes. And I'm starting to see the germination. How old dude? Why would you why why, why would you do that? That's a lot of radishes, dude. That's a lot of radishes. Do you, okay, let me finish the question. Do you think I should thin out the radishes? before they get full or should I just leave them alone what do you suggest first off first off buddy you you planted a lot of rad you you planted a years worth of radishes rad a lot of people don't realize radish seeds um you can plant them really really close together and they you get a lot of radishes you get a lot of radishes for just a small little section. I have 50 foot rows, but I break it down into fours. So I do 25 feet of radishes, then I wait two weeks and plant another 25 feet of radishes. Because in those 25 feet, I'm probably gonna get over, you're looking over 200 radishes in just that one little spot. Like you can plant radishes really close together and they grow really, really quick. And you're gonna have a ton of radishes in just that short amount of time. So, if it's me, depending on what you planted them with, if you did it with a Jane seeder, you got you. Oh God, dang dude! You you gotta have over like five thousand something radishes in that one bed. And people are probably thinking, oh, you're exaggerating with these numbers. I'm not exaggerating. I have done it before, where I planted a whole bed of radishes and if you get radish seed packets they they give you like 25,000 in a seed uh they give you 25,000 seeds in a small little packet for cheap so you can plant them really close so you can thin them if you want to or you can just let them go wild and grow and harvest them but i'm just more concerned of do you have a market to sell them like are you doing a csa are you selling them at the farmer's market because the the one thing with radishes are since they grow so quick they bolt very quick and they also split really quick so when the radishes are ready you have to pick them that day now say your market's on saturday and they're ready on monday well guess what you're harvesting on monday and you're trying to keep them alive until saturday Because you do not want to risk split radishes. Because radishes do go really, really well at a farmer's market. You'll be surprised how many people really want radishes. But, man, shoot, dude, a whole 50-foot row. Man, I hope you have a market for them. But to answer your question about thinning them out, you can if you want to. I mean, you really don't have to. But you can if you want to. You can if you want to. I'm not going to tell you not to. I would just let them grow. I would just let them grow. But my main concern with you is, do you have a market to sell them at? So please reach back out and, and tell me I have a plan to sell. Because I I know you planted all 25,000 seeds. You can fit all 25,000 seeds in a 50-foot 50, 50 row. So, um Message me back, dude, and, and tell me how, how that went. Message me back and tell me how that went. Okay, let's read the next question. Um, Hey, Cozy. I'm getting into the microgreen game. Hell yeah, say game. I'm getting into the microgreen game. What microgreens would you suggest that I grow? Hell yeah, dude, say game. Gang shit. Um... For microgreens, microgreens are very profitable. If it's me, I would stick to one. For If you're just starting off, stick to one. Do that one very, very well. I don't know how many racks you're gonna do. I need, uh, if you guys send in questions, please give me like some full background on like what kind of setup you're doing so that I can answer these questions. I'm trying to answer them as broad as possible. So I'm just gonna assume that you have one rack. If you have multiple racks, I'll answer that too. But I'm for right now, I'm going to answer if you just have one rack. If you have one rack, um, the stats are for one shelf of, say you have a four-tier um, rack. If you're in the microgreen world, you know what I'm talking about. Say you have a four-tier rack, so four shelves. Each um, each tray of a microgreen should get you 20 bucks because you should be able to grow a pound, a pound of microgreens, a tray and a pound of microgreens can go for 20 bucks. And usually you can fit four trays on one shelf. So 20 times four is 80. So that's 80 bucks. And you have four tiers. Then that is um, my math four times eighty three hundred and twenty dollars, so you could make three hundred and twenty dollars a month, but I don't know what your net is gonna be that's gonna be your gross and sixty five percent of your um of your profit is gonna go back into the business, and then the rest of it is gonna be your net, so I don't know how much money you're actually spending on all this. But if it is me, if you just have one rack, don't get caught up in trying to do multiple things. I would just do one microgreen and make sure I do that one microgreen really really well. I would do peas. Peas are super easy. They grow, they might take a little bit longer to grow, but they're easier to manage. Um peas look really really good too on plates. They're very appetizing on plates. They taste really, really good. I sold them before at a farmer's market and I would sell out every weekend. It was just for me, if you do microgreens, that's kind of like a thing where it's like I would do microgreens and I wouldn't do anything else because all your focus is going to be on microgreens because you're going to learn that you need to have multiple, multiple racks to make some profit back because they do take up a lot of power, they take up a lot of space. There's a lot of supplies that need to go into it. So with me vegetable farming and doing microgreens, it wasn't like something I could just do on the side because when I looked through my finances, it looks like I was actually losing money from doing the microgreens, but if I completely just did microgreens, I would have been making a uh, I would have been making a ton of money. But I love vegetable farming a lot more, so I'm going to stick with vegetable farming. But if it was me, if I just had one rack and you're starting off into this gang or game, you said game, I'm going to say gang, gang shit. If you're in that micro gang, um,. I would just do one microgreen and do that one microgreen really, really well and build up my clientele list with my one microgreen and do that very, very well. I know some people are going to ask if you sell them at a farmer's market. You can sell them at a farmer's market, but when I do a vegetable breakdown on microgreens, I will get more into that. Um, Now, if you have multiple racks, multiple, multiple, multiple racks, um, then you can do multiple microgreens. And I would assign one Microgreen to each rack, so one variety of microgreen to each rack. So, say you have four racks one rack, I would solely just do peas on that one rack, the second rack, I would solely do broccoli, um, microgreens on that one, the next rack, I would do um, I would do radishes on that other one, and then on that last one, I would do another odd one or weird one. One that looks different from everybody else, so I would probably do either beets. I would either do beets or I would do I would not do corn. I know a lot of people are asking about corn. I would not do corn. Um I would do beet, I would do beets. I would do beets. Beets would be your best bet. Beets would be your best bet because I if you're gonna do multiple racks, I would do four different things so that I can have variety. And I know people, beets look very cool. The radishes are purple Um, when they come up, purple and green. The broccoli just straight up green, and the peas are just straight up looking like peas. Now, you'll have some people say, oh, what if I do melons and everything? Some stuff can't be microgreens. If you hear people saying that they're selling melon seeds, I tried that before. I don't know if it's a different variety of kind of melons or something. But most of the time, microgreen seeds are just giant bags of just normal seeds. So if you have a local seed store and, and they sell big bags of like peas and big bags of collards or big bags of broccoli or the stuff that I just suggested, buy the big bags of those and then you have microgreen seeds. Because that's all what it is. I know some people go to like actual microgreen seed websites. You could do that, or if you just have a local seed store that sells big bags of seeds, you could do that, too. So, that's what I would do. If I had one single rack, I would just stick to one thing, but if I had multiple racks, each rack would be one other thing, and I would just plan accordingly to that. I would not try to do multi- multiple varieties on one rack, because the succession periods are going to be different. Um... There's a different method for each one that you have to do. Like it for me, I would just get a clipboard and just clip it up to one rack and say, this is everything I gotta do for this one rack. But that's just me. That's just me. That's me. Okay. Next question. I mean, it's kind of cold in my office. It's kinda cold in my office building for some reason. Don't know why. Hey, cozy. He didn't sing that, but I'm just singing it. Hey, Cozy. I was recently at the farmer's market the other day, and I noticed that my prices were different than the other people's prices. Um, Should I change my prices to match everyone else, or should I just stay what I'm doing? What's your advice? <sighs> I march by my own drum. I make my own prices. You can make your own prices. Now, the one thing with pricing is that farmer's markets, that's kind of a tough question. Because you'll hear people say, oh, you need to match your prices with the other farmers. I would not do that. I just wouldn't do that because everybody got different stuff and everybody got different bills when they go home. And depending on how much you spent on vendor fees or if you have one of those farmer's markets where they don't charge you, Yeah, some places they charge you to go to the farm market and some places they don't charge you to go to their farmer's markets. So it just depends on what kind of bills you got at home. I have bills, but I'm also looking at my customers have bills. So what can they afford? So usually whatever farmer's market I go to, I look up the income of that county and I will base my prices off of the general income of the people that live there. And how much are people willing to spend on, too? So me, I'm a very picky spender. I'm not going to spend a lot of money on something if I can get it cheaper somewhere else. And a lot of times we are competing with big commercial supermarkets. So you pricing your stuff so high because you're trying to go off of the whole, I'm organic, we did this by hand, we did this by that. I'm going tell you the hard truth. Some people do care, but then some people don't give a fuck. Some people do not give a fuck about, excuse my language. Some people do not give a flying fuck if you grew that stuff by hand and it's organic. And you're trying to convince them that they should buy from you and not from the grocery store. Because the grocery store is always going to have the lowest prices. But we put in a lot more work than the grocery store. So I do get you want to get paid back for your time. But you also don't want to be at a farmer's market and you're wasting your time because you're being stubborn about your prices. So for me, I go off of what people are willing to spend and how much money that area probably makes. So right now, the farm market that I'm at, I sell a lot of my stuff for just three bucks. But I make my stuff worth three dollars. I don't go over. I, I If I'm doing kale, I bunch it up so that it would be worth three dollars. If I'm doing carrots, I bunch it up so that it's worth three dollars. If I'm selling tomatoes and squash, I sell them by three dollars by the pound. So I do a lot of my stuff for three dollars. If it's winter squash, like gourds and stuff, I'll sell that for four. It is very high end kind of vegetables that I know is going to be a pain to grow. I would sell those for a little bit more because everybody probably not going to have it, but that's how you would do it. Every place is different, and every farmer has their own type of bills. Now, don't underprice yourself either. Don't sell yourself so cheap just so you can sell out, because then you're not making no money, and you're going to be really pissing off a lot of the other vendors there. You want to be fair. You want to be fair. So, Because I've been at some some farmer's markets, and I had my stuff for $3, and I've had other vendors come up to me and say, hey, how about you... uh, raise the price on some of your stuff. And now I'm only 5'9". And a lot of people say that I'm intimidating sometimes, or some people say I'm not intimidating. And you come at me sideways, I ain't got no problem arguing back with you, even though I'm only 5'9". Um, and I told that guy he needs to walk back across the courtyard and get back to his table. Don't come over here and tell me about my prices because I did my research for my prices. If you want to oversell everybody because you're the asshole that just wants to be a jerk and say, "Hey, I did this myself, so you guys need to pay my prices." Don't be surprised when people come over to Cozy cuz Cozy is nice to them and Cozy has a conversation with them and Cozy did his research and understood that some of these people don't got no ain't got the money to spend on Five dollar tomatoes if you're only gonna get four tomatoes. Now spending five dollars on four tomatoes, you're out your mind. I will spend three dollars a pound on tomatoes, but not goddamn I think somebody's playing ping pong outside. But uh yeah, there's a ping there's ping pong tables in the office. But that's just my advice. So look up how much everybody is look up how much oh man that's distracting now um look up how much the area is making the income of the local area base your prices off of that and then go into the whole um how much are the customers willing to to buy because at the end of the day it's the customers just buying your stuff but that ping pong noise is annoying me right now, so we're going to end this show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, follow us on Instagram at cozybearmarketgarden.com. I will be at the Winterville Farmers Market this Saturday from 10 to 2 what what, and you can find me rocking that Cozy Bear 76 jersey. And I will probably be next to somebody that's selling greeting cards and next to somebody that's selling flowers. So, thank you guys for watching and listening and whatever you guys, however, you guys are getting this episode. Cozy is out.